Welcome, friends. You are listening to the podcast for First Christian Church in Fort Myers, Florida. To learn more, join us online at fccfm.org. It is a blessing to be able to share God's Word with you today. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Welcome to First Christian Church. It looks like you survived Thanksgiving. The question of the day is, did you survive back Black Friday? Yeah, either way, we're glad you're here today. We are in the second week of a sermon series, our holiday series called Joy, Joy, Oh Boy. And this is a wisdom series. It comes from the book of Proverbs. And, and this is a helpful series that addresses many of our holiday struggles. And last week, we kicked it off by discovering how wisdom is what normally works best under difficult circumstances. Wisdom is not what always works. Wisdom is what normally works best. And we shared some of the things we struggle with during the holidays, like overspending and overindulging. Anybody do any of that this week? Or overreacting or overcommitting? And because of these things, sometimes we don't fully enjoy the holidays as we should. Now, one of our theme verses for this series comes from Proverbs, 22, Proverbs 17, verse 22, which says this. It says, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Now, the New American Standard Bible says, a joyful heart is good medicine. And we want to have joyful hearts during the holiday season. We want to rejoice over the holidays. We don't want to have reservations and regrets after the holidays. Now, we discovered this last week. 45% of Americans would prefer to skip the holidays altogether. 45% of Americans, that comes from NBC News, nearly half of all Americans would prefer to skip Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's altogether. You know why? Primarily because of financial pressure. 45% of respondents say the holidays bring so much financial pressure they want to skip it. 50% say their levels of stress related to holiday expenses is high, and 45% say they do not have enough money set aside to cover expenses. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the financial stress that comes with the holidays and how to survive the holidays rejoicing rather than regretting what you purchased And how much is spent. And that brings us to our big idea for this entire series. You're going to hear it every week during this series. We want to seek God's wisdom during the holiday season so we can rejoice over the holidays rather than regret them. It was about 20 years ago, Janice and I moved to Cincinnati, Ohio, so I could earn my master's degree in theology from Cincinnati Christian University. And while we were there, Janice had the best paying job that she's pretty much ever had. And she earned enough money to pay all of our living expenses, all of our housing expenses, all of my educational expenses. I was a full-time student. I didn't have a job during that season. My entire graduate program, she paid out of pocket. We were also 25 years old and to be honest, pretty undisciplined with our money. 
And you know what they say? They say, the more you make, the more you spend. That's right. And rather than paying off our car or paying off our credit bills, credit card bills, we just kept on spending. And it felt like we had so much money in that season of our life that we didn't know what to do with it. And as I think back, I think that's actually the truth. We didn't know what to do with it. <clears throat> our parents taught us a lot of good things, but they really didn't teach us how to manage our money. And so we were making money like crazy and we spent our money like crazy, especially during the holidays. In my entire life, there's only one holiday season that I actually remember the shopping. And it was that first Christmas in Cincinnati because we spent money like it was going out of style. We spent every penny of cash that we had and then we thought we're making a lot of money so we'll just keep buying. We threw all kinds of things on our credit cards. I remember walking by the Yankee Candle shop in the mall for the very first time. The waxy smell of Christmas cookies and cinnamon and vanilla and evergreen trees and all those incredible scents drawing us into the store. I mean forget the fact that you can buy scented candles at Target for a third the price. We walked in there and we bought as many $25 candles for as many relatives as we could think of. And then there was this snow globe and it was huge and it was beautiful. And, and I was like, my mom would really like this snow globe. And it, I mean, it was $150. So we bought it. We went crazy. We were like uh, Lloyd and Harry with a million dollars in our briefcase. We were dumb and dumber. And I know that's a 30-year-old movie reference. If you haven't seen it, it's a good laugh. Watch it. But in a sense, we were having fun because let's be honest, generosity is fun, isn't it? Generosity is fun. Being generous is fun. Giving gifts is fun. But, but in another sense, we knew a day of reckoning would come. The, the more we purchased, the more we spent, the more angst we felt in our hearts, the more guilt we felt in our souls, the more stress we experienced. And, and when it was all said and done, when the shopping was finished, and when the gifts were given, and when the holiday ended, and we returned to Cincinnati from our Christmas travels, after the new year arrived, we got the bill and it wasn't fun any longer rejoicing turned to regretting and we realized something needed changing unfortunately it would be another five or six years before we really began to change our financial habits so I wonder this morning if there's anybody in the room that can relate with our story and maybe, maybe you're young and you're wise and you already know what to do. Or maybe you're young and not so wise and you've been in our shoes. Or, or, or maybe you're not so young, but you still haven't learned those lessons. Or, or, or maybe you've learned them well, but you still haven't applied them well. Or, or maybe you've learned them all and you've applied them all. Whichever one it might be, uh, today we're going to search the Proverbs for God's wisdom on money and money management and giving in over spending. Now, most of the Proverbs, most of them, not all of them, but most of them were written by King Solomon of Israel. In the Proverbs, they're, they're simply a collection of wise sayings that can help us throughout life. And, and as we've mentioned, uh, the Proverbs tell us what normally works best in difficult situations. Proverbs don't always come true, but they often come true. They're, they're, not, they're pro not promises, they're well, they're Proverbs. And I kind of like to think that, that reading the Proverbs is like following King Solomon on Twitter. 
or X or whatever it's called these days. Proverbs are these, these short statements. They're often 140 characters or less, and they intend to tell us how to live and what to think. But because they come from King Solomon, they tell us how to live wisely. That's his specialty. And with all that in mind, I want to look at the Proverbs to discover how to survive the holidays and how to thrive in the holidays financially. And so if you're taking notes, here is lesson number one. We thrive during the holidays when we put God first. We thrive during the holidays when we put God first. If we want to survive and thrive throughout the holidays, financially speaking, God needs to be the first part of our celebrations and the first part of our generosity. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, and then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. And this is one of the first and actually one of the more famous proverbs. It's, it's a well-known proverb. It's about finances. It's simple. It's powerful. The message is clear. We should honor God with our money. Now, how many of you agree that we should live to honor God and that we should live to honor God with every aspect of our life? And money's included in that. We honor God with our money when we manage our money in wise ways and when we give from our first fruits. Now, first fruits are, are, are the, the opposite of our leftovers. When we honor God with our first fruits, this proverb says he will provide for our needs. And so as a proverb, this is what normally happens. What normally happens when you try to honor God with your money, when you put God first in your finances, is God blesses you in such a way that you have what you need to survive and thrive. So, well, what does this have to do with like this Christmas discussion today? Well, this verse is about money management. This message is about money management during the Christmas season. It's about putting God first in everything before everything else. One of the reasons Christmas is known as the most wonderful time of the year is because Christmas is, in fact, the most generous time of the year. And generosity blesses us. Here's what Jesus said in Acts 20, 35. He said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And you've heard that phrase so many times. Did you know it came from Jesus? Christmas time is one of the most generous times of the year. In fact, USA Today reports that charitable giving increases as the holiday season ramps up. 34% of all charitable gifts are given in the final quarter of the year, in the holiday season. We want to survive and thrive throughout the holidays, we need to put God first in our finances. That's lesson number one. Here's lesson number two. We thrive during the holidays when we put in the work. We want to thrive throughout the holidays, and we have to put in the work during the holidays. And what we're talking about today, the truth is, it's, it's hard work. Proverbs chapter 10, verses 4 and 5 says, Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. He who gathers crops in the summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps during the harvest is a disgraceful son. And I think the key lesson here is that, that we work hard to earn money, and most of us would say, yes, we do that, we work hard, but working hard to earn money isn't by itself enough. We also have to work hard to manage our money so that our money works for us, not the other way around. I mean, we can, work for, we can be a workaholic, and we can work for 80 hours a week making money, but you know what? If we don't work just as hard at managing our money as we do at making our money, then we'll still be broke no matter how much we make. 
If we're going to thrive throughout the holiday season, the Christmas season, financially speaking, it takes work. It, it takes work if you need to do this, if you need to set spending limits, it takes work. How many, of the, how many you think that sounds fun? Set spending limits? Yay? No. It takes work to make a Christmas budget. What? A Christmas budget doesn't sound fun, does it? It was a month or so ago, me and my 20-year-old son, Nathan, um, we went to the gym. It was on a Saturday. It was about mid-morning. And, and I knew Nathan had already been out of bed for several hours before we left. I didn't know what he'd been doing. And so on the drive to the gym, I asked him, I said, well, why are you up so early today? What, it's your Saturday. It's your day off. What were you up to? And he said, well, Dad, I was going through my expenses and I was making a budget. And I was like, really? That's not what I expected him to say. That was, that's really cool. That's awesome, Nathan. What'd you learn? And he said, well, I learned that I spend way too much money eating out for lunch every day, like hundreds of dollars every month. He's like, dad, that's crazy. I, I got to stop eating out every day. And I said, okay. And then he said, so here's what I did. I put together a budget for all my income and all my expenses. And the big change I'm going to make is I'm going to meal prep on Sundays for all my lunches throughout the week. And that actually takes a lot of work too. But that's what he's been doing for the last month. He's been making a budget. He's been making the budget work. He's been putting in the work. And so this past Saturday, we were heading to the gym again, and, and I asked him how it was going, and, and he said, and I've never seen anybody be excited about a budget before. But he said, Dad, budgeting is a power move. <laughs> he was so excited. about it. He said, Dad, you're not going to believe how much money I saved this month. And Nathan, is a, he, he's always been a hard worker, always has been, whether it's been school or whatever. Uh, he works hard at making money, but now the really cool thing to see, it just, just as he's turning 20, he's already working hard to manage his money so that his money works for him. And that takes work, but it's worth it. If we want to thrive during the holidays, we have to put in the work. That's lesson number two. Here's lesson number three. We thrive during the holidays when we put on a generous spirit. We want to thrive throughout the holidays. We, we have to, or I'm sorry, we get to. We get to put on a spirit of generosity. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25 says, One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper Whoever refreshes others, whoever gives to others, will be refreshed. And sometimes as we head into the holiday season, we think to ourselves, well, I just, I just don't have the money right now. I don't have the money to be generous. Sometimes we decide things like, well, we just, we just can't afford it. We won't do gifts this year. We can't be generous this year. But I say, um, if we skip the generosity of Christmas, we'll miss the joy of Christmas too. And I also like to remind you that money or that gifts with financial value aren't the only ways to be generous. I like to think when I think of generosity of drawing from three different wells, and one of those wells is treasure, yes, but then there's also time and talent. And if we don't have the treasure to give, we can still give of our time and our talent. You know, Pastor Gary, he's, he's a, he's a, if you know him, you know he's a really creative person, and he's also a very generous person, and, and one of the ways he's generous is just by giving away his creative talent, and, and uh, some of you know him, you follow him on Facebook, you, you know he can, he can turn a tree stump into a work of art. 
right? And you also know that he can turn a birthday cake into a work of art. And, and I love seeing every couple of months, I see his, his pictures of his grandkids' birthdays, and he makes them these incredible cakes that look better than anything you'd see in an upscale bakery. And it's just this special, unique thing he does for his grandkids, and it's an incredible gift to give. And, and I imagine of all the ways he's been generous to those kiddos, they're going to remember those birthday cakes, probably more than just about anything else. And so he expresses a generous spirit by blessing others with his gifts and talents. And you can do that too. We can give to our friends and our family and our neighbors and our coworkers in non-traditional ways. You don't have to spend a lot of money. You can make uh, crafts. You can bake cookies. You can serenade your neighbors with carols. We can bring joy and we can experience joy, refreshing others and being refreshed, as Proverbs eleven twenty five says, by giving of our time and offering our talents without spending a whole lot of treasure. Even if we don't have a lot of money to spend, we can still put on a generous spirit. That's lesson number three. And then here's lesson number four. We thrive during the holidays when we do not put ourselves in a bad place. Proverbs 15, 16 says, Better a little with the fear of the Lord than a lot with turmoil. Better little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. And we can have a little Christmas. That's okay. We don't have to have a big Christmas. We don't have to buy 200 gifts and spend $4,000. Better to have a little Christmas peacefully than a big one with big financial turmoil afterwards. In the past, several years ago, when our, when our children were small, one of the ways when, when we decided we're gonna, we got to get things turned around financially, one of the ways our family has protected our finances at Christmas was by telling our kids ahead of time. Sit down with them before Christmas and say, we're only going to do four gifts each. And, and, and we, we heard this somewhere and we used this year after year. We said, here's what we're going to do. There's going to be something to wear, something to read, something you want, and something you need. Four gifts, and that's what they're going to be. Something to wear, something to read, something you want, and something you need. And, and when our finances were tight, that simple plan helped us avoid the pitfalls of having debt after the holidays. And that's something that uh, you can do too if you need to. In fact, Janice and I have been talking the last few weeks. We might be bringing that one back this year. Because we're saving for our sons, our oldest son's wedding in March. And uh, we're really excited about that. But we know we got all these big wedding expenses coming up. And, and we want to have a plan to pay for it because we do not want to use debt. And speaking of debt, did, did you know the average American adult, and, and if you're married, this is, you can double this number, okay? The average American adult has nearly $6,000 in credit card debt. The average student loan, the average is about $40,000 for federal student loans, more than $50,000 for private loans, and that's, that's just about average. Additionally, the average American adult, and again, you can double this if you're married, has more than $18,000 in personal loan debt and nearly $240,000 in mortgage debt. And I read this this week, the average new car loan costs $729 a month, and the average used car loan costs $528 a month. And that is a lot of debt for the average adult. 
Meanwhile, Proverbs 22, 26, and 27 says this. It says, do not be the one who shakes hands in a pledge or puts up security for debts. If you lack the means to pay, your very bed might be snatched from under you. And there are two kinds of debt mentioned in this proverb. Number one is you pledging to borrow and pay back. And then number two is you co-signing a loan for someone else. And Solomon's pretty clear, both are bad ideas. Some financial advisors encourage Christmas shoppers to limit their Christmas debt to what they can pay off in two billing cycles. That's some advice I found on CNBC. And it's terrible advice. Because here's what's going to happen. You're going to forget the gifts two months later, but you'll still be paying for it anyway. Don't put yourself in a bad place by having a Christmas you cannot afford, and don't put yourself in a bad place by spending money you do not have. And so that's it. That's our, that's our Christmas wisdom from the Proverbs, financially speaking. Put God first, put in the work, put on a generous spirit, and don't put yourself in a bad place going forward. And if you missed some of the other helpful things we shared along the way, make a Christmas budget so you don't overspend during the holidays. Don't be afraid to give your time and your talent if you feel like you lack the treasure. Let your kids and your family know what your plans are up front so that you're all on the same page. And don't, under any circumstances, spend money that you do not have. That's the wisdom that flows from Solomon found in God's word still very relevant to our lives today. And that brings us to our takeaway for this series. What we normally do, if you're new here, we normally do a different takeaway every week during a series, but this series, we just have one takeaway for the entire series, and our takeaway comes for the D in our ABCs of discipleship, and that's our path to spiritual growth here at First Christian Church, and the D stands for daily time with God. We encourage every person who's part of this church to have a time every day with God where you're reading scripture and you're praying and you're considering the things of God, and so here's our takeaway for this series, in your daily time with God, read one chapter of the Proverbs every day for the next 31 days. There's 31 chapters. And then take your highlighter and highlight all the necessary wisdom that will help you navigate this season successfully. As you go through the book of Proverbs, there's so so many wonderfully wise things to consider. Perhaps you've already been doing that for a week. You're already highlighting things. You know, some of the Proverbs are actually quite provocative but it will just take you less than 10 minutes a day, but it's gonna give you tremendous wisdom for life. And it might just help you make it through the holidays in one piece so that you can generally, genuinely celebrate the Prince of Peace who gave generously of his life for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to thrive in this holiday season. Not to merely survive, but to thrive. Help us to embrace your wisdom Help us to trust in you and and submit to you and lean not on our own understanding, but to follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We pray this message has been a blessing to you. If we can pray for you or encourage you in any capacity, please let us know at FCCFM.org.